You see, it all started on Facebook when a man said to me, are you brave enough to take a Book of Mormon challenge? And I thought, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But how can I ask him to test things if I'm not willing to do the same? Pastor, will your congregation benefit from a better understanding of LDS theology and biblical techniques for sharing the good news with your Mormon neighbors? Lance and Grace will be pleased to offer a one-part workshop or multi-day symposium at your church. Contact them at www.askyourbishop.com. You see, I constantly ask the Mormon people to test their God, their faith, their leaders, and the Bible, which they say they love, but they don't trust. I ask them to test these things. And so I knew that I needed to step up. I needed to step forward, and I needed to lead by example and show how we should test things. So when I agreed, he sent me a Book of Mormon and a package of highlighters and instructions on how I was to go about this Book of Mormon challenge. I want to focus today on the first instruction. There were actually three, but I want to focus on the top one. He said, pray to God, Heavenly Father, and say, I have a hard time believing that the Book of Mormon is true. I need your help to convince me that it is true. This kind of blew me away. And so, in fairness, I will complete the Book of Mormon challenge insofar as it doesn't violate the commandments of God. I will do as he has asked. But I think we need to have an understanding of this first instruction because I believe the whole Book of Mormon challenge is based on a false premise. I think that this premise is a very Mormon-like uh, it's a typical LDS method of discerning truth. You see, he didn't say, go to God and find out what God's truth is. He said, go to God with the presupposition that the Book of Mormon is true, and I'm having a difficult time believing it. And then ask God to convince me to believe in the truth that I want. Well, you know, that's that's crazy. I need to go before God and say, God, I'm weak, I'm broken, I'm screwy. God, I need you. I need you to show me your truth. You see, the presumption of this first test was not that I will bend my will, my way, my life to come in alignment with God. It is rather a matter of me telling God, this is what I want to believe as the truth. And then I will agree to believe in you, God, if you first submit to my truth, if you first commit your life to Mormonism. God, if you'll be a Mormon, I'll believe in you. Grit and Grace is our story. It is the story of rescue from Mormon chains and redemption in Christ Jesus. 
Check the link in the show notes below. This uh, premise, as it was laid out in the first instruction, reminded me of a very strange answer that Dallin H. Oaks, the leading apostle in the Mormon church uh, at the time of this recording, gave when a young wife asked, what do I do when a spouse begins to lose faith over matters of church history and doctrine? Mr. Oaks' answer was shocking. He said, I suggest that research is not the answer. Now, in full transparency, I have to say that when I posted this on our website, a Mormon man came forward and he was, he was very critical. He said, I didn't present Dallin H. Oaks' answer in full context because Dallin Oaks did go on to say, uh, I suggest that research is not the answer, but if you must look, look to the Gospel Topics essays on the church's official website. In other words, do not look, do not seek truth outside of the Mormon bubble. In a PBS documentary, Mr. Oaks went on to say, not everything that's true is useful. And I find that very, very strange. Because why would anything that's true not be useful? Why is truth not always useful? Why is truth not always something to seek and to desire? Well, another apostle, Boyd K. Packer, now he was senior to Dallin Oaks, and had he not died, he would be next in line to be the Mormon prophet. Boyd K. Packer weighed in, and he was in close union with Oaks. But on one point, he introduced an additional concept That is very shocking. He said, and I quote, There is a temptation for the writer or teacher of church history to want to tell everything, whether it is worthy or faith-promoting or not. Some things that are true are not very useful. The writer or the teacher who has an exaggerated loyalty to the theory that everything must be told is lying a foundation for his own judgment. He should not complain if one day he himself receives as he is given. Perhaps that is what is contemplated in having one's sins preached from the rooftops. Then he went on to say, in the church, we are not neutral. We are one-sided. One-sided. So my answer to this person who said, hey, you didn't give the full Dallin Oaks quote, in context. He didn't just say, I suggest that research is not the answer. He went on to say, but find your answers here in our church's printed literature. See, wouldn't that be a perfect example of what Boyd K. Packer would call one-sided study? Wouldn't that be exactly what he said when he says, we only want to share those things that are uplifting and faith-promoting. We don't want to share everything. We don't want the full truth. We want a one-sided view. That's exactly what Dallin Oaks was promoting. So at an institution of higher education, it is shocking that a one-sided approach is desirable in any search for the truth. Therefore, 
I fail to see how a one-sided view in this Book of Mormon challenge will lead to God's truth. I think it won't. So I need a bit of clarification. First, what about the truth according to the challenger? According to him, instead of going before God, asking him to convince me of the truth that I want to believe, it seems better that I should go before God asking for his truth and placing myself in submission to him and not placing myself in submission to men or in submission to my own presuppositions or in submission to a truth or in submission to something that I hope to be true. The prospect of such a thing leaves me deeply troubled and very, very uneasy before God. If I do, as the first instruction suggests, and go before God asking and expecting the truth that the challenger wants for me, I worry that his truth might become my idol. Please help me understand how I can hold the things that the challenger wants me to believe are true above God, above his word. How can I hold those things over God and honor him and give him glory? You hear a knock and open to find two young men with white shirts and black name tags. Are you prepared to share the biblical Jesus, or will you simply send them away? AskYourBishop.com is here to help. Now, what is the truth according to the Apostle Dallin Oaks? He has said that the search for truth ought not include research. If research is discouraged, even this challenge seems to be an inappropriate activity. After all, the challenger has asked that I read and mark the Book of Mormon. Wouldn't that activity be research? And then even if I do find truth, Oak says that it might not be useful. And this brings me to another quandary. If I do find truth in the pages of the Book of Mormon, how can I know if it is the useful kind of truth or the useless variety? Now, Boyd K. Packer said essentially the same thing as Oaks, in that he said, not all things are useful. He also said that a writer such as myself will be wrong if I record all the truths. You see, he's going on the presumption that the truths I share should only be those truths that feel good to me, that would build my faith, but not all truths. I shouldn't look at all the evidence. And like Oaks, he gave no indication of how I might discern useful from useless truths. He also said, and I find this very disturbing, that it is right to be one-sided relative to history. So to the challenger, I would say, you have asked me to read the Book of Mormon, which you hold to be a historical document. Am I to be one-sided in this study? Am I to only cling to those things that I like or those things that you would approve of? Am I not actually to examine everything that the Book of Mormon holds to be truth? And as I move forward in this study, can I safely accept the facts that are acceptable in my own one-sided view and reject others? This seems problematic to me. It seems actually very problematic. Now, this is all very confusing, and that brings up yet another question. 
In Scripture, it appears that God has absolutely separated himself from all of this. God wants nothing to do with what you have heard from Mormon leadership and from the man who challenged me. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So I find all of this very confusing. And I think that because it is confusing, I can know with absolute certainty that it is not of God. Regarding truth, Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's John 8, 31 and 32. Clearly, Jesus is saying that all truth is good. Therefore, truth, every point of truth, is good for making men free. Consequently, my only prayer shall be that God will make his truth known to me. Additionally, I pray that this challenge will be used for the glory of God to bring many to him. AskYourBishop.com is exactly what the name suggests. This is the place where Mormon doctrine and biblical theology are compared and contrasted. Each topic includes a series of questions the Mormon people cannot answer. And when they ask their bishops, they also will be confounded. One more time, I wish to state my position, but this time, instead of stating my own concerns, my personal views, my personal reasoning, I will defend my position with the authority of the biblical text. When I come to God with my personal version of truth and expect him to affirm my presuppositions, I answer the question, who hath directed the Spirit of God, or being his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel? And who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? That's Isaiah 40, 13 and 14. Who has instructed God? But actually the first instruction of this challenge required me to instruct God in what I want him to affirm as truth. And if I do that, then I become subject to the wrath of God. Romans 1, 18 For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And if I suppress the truth in unrighteousness, my mind will be turned against God's own truth. Romans 1.28 Even as they refused to have God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which were not fitting. Finally, if I continue in this path, my delusion will lead me to believe and defend a lie. 2 Thessalonians 2.11 And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And so I close with the assertion that it's, it's not my concerns or my views that matter most. The authority of the Word of God, the authority of the living God, is the standard by which all things must be measured and upon which I must stand. 
And finally, in Proverbs 14, 12, we read, There is a way which seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so I will continue. I will continue with this Book of Mormon challenge. I will meet the demands of the challenger. I will do my best to be honest in everything that I share. But I believe that the presupposition that was tied up in the first instruction is the way of death. Thanks for listening. You can hear all episodes at askyourbishop.com.